You don't choose your family. They are God's gift to you, as you are to them. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sundays with Sunday, my podcast. This is father and daughter conversations about self, family, faith, fatherhood, football, wisdom, and all things that make up a life, specifically my dad's. My name is Juliet, and my father's name is Thomas Sundima Simbo. This is our second episode of the podcast, and if you haven't yet, make sure you check out our first episode, which talks about the self in our journey to self-identity. Today on the podcast, we're unpacking family, a big one, that is. And as always, everyone, please welcome my dad. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Juliet, for making this possible. Of course. All right. So before we get started, I would like to say a prayer. So Spirit of the living God, we say thank you. Thank you that before you even placed us in our various families, you adopted us into your own family and into your kingdom. Thank you for all your blessings to me and my family, for the strength you've given us each day, and for the people around us who make life more meaningful. Lord, I thank you for the life of my father and for equipping him to lead our family. We pray that our discussion today will be fruitful and will bring you glory and honor. Amen. Amen. All right, so I begin with the quote by South African bishop and theologian Desmond Tutu that says, You don't choose your family, they are God's gift to you, as you are to them. There's a verse in the Bible that my nephew Jaden learned Father's Day um, this year. And now it's become our favorite family verse. We say it at least 10 times a day. It, the verse is in Matthew 6, 8. And the premise of it is the Sermon on the Mount. So from, from chapter 5 to chapter 7, Jesus is talking to his disciple and he's teaching the crowds. He's talking to them about many things. Um, in these chapters, we find the Beatitudes. We find him talking about loving your enemies, giving to the needy. Um, in chapter 6, is specifically about praying. Jesus tells the crowd and his disciples that when we pray, we shouldn't babble like the pagans. Because, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. What a thoughtful God. I mean, mm. the more and more I think about this verse, the more it makes sense. Here's God. He created the world with everything in it before creating man. And he gave us people around us that we can call family. And then he further invited us into his family to become part of this greater family and kingdom. Um, and it's, it's just amazing to me. What are your thoughts? Well, that's a very great portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, unlike our Heavenly Father, who has all the resources, uh, he knows our thinking and he provides what we ask for. Uh, we earthly fathers have the same character of having to know what lies ahead. Mm. And we also know our limitations. So when you ask me, your dad, when you're growing up, to get you something, yeah. I have to think of all the factors that will take place, uh, what I have, what will that do to you, how will it affect you and your sisters, mm. and, uh, you know, how will the community see you? So all of that plays into what I want to do for you. Yeah. 
even though you may have the strong desire to get what you are asking for, I have to take all those things into consideration yeah. before I can provide it for you. Mm. It's it just like I said, the more and more I, I read that, the more it makes total sense. Um, so today we're going to talk about family. Um, and you have a very big family, mm-hmm. but I want to start with your parents. I was fortunate to meet and experience my grandparents, both on my dad's side um, and on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. We lived with my grandma, your mom, for quite some time. And I was very fond of her as she was of me. Um, and I also remember my grandpa, Grandpa Simbo, who's your dad, and his infamous gari and coconuts. Um, everyone knows him for that, all the grandkids. And we mm-hmm. appreciated that about him. So, and I know that's, most people don't get that opportunity. So I'm glad that I got to, but what were your parents like? What were, and you also grew up in this house with not just your mom and your dad, Mm. you had other moms. Yeah. So what were your parents specifically like? And what were the other parents like? And then what did you call them? Did you call them mom and dad or? Yeah. Well, in the first place, my dad and mom and all the other moms were just average Sierra Leoneans. My dad worked for the government for many, many years, and uh, we called him Papa. But among ourselves, if we want to refer to him, we say the main man. <laughs> that was the name we referred to him among ourselves. Yeah. We dare not call him the main man in front of him. <laughs> uh, for my mom, I called her Sissi Marie, uh, for short, Simai. Yeah, that was how I met them calling her. But uh, like you said, my my dad had four wives when I was growing up in the house. But we never considered any of them stepmoms. We always referred to them as our moms. I mean, we had specific titles for them. Yeah. Uh, the senior wife we called Mama Boy. Uh, my mom, Sissy Marie, everyone. The other kids of the other moms called her that. Uh, Ye Lucy, Mama Lucy, we called her that name. And then Gos Sally, Sissy Sally, we called her by that name. Every one of us. Nobody called them Mama or, you know, Auntie or Stepmom. We didn't have Stepmom in our vocabulary. But uh, so we recognize Papa as the breadwinner of our home, and we gave him that respect, tremendous respect. And Sissi Marie, like the other women, they all mainly cooked and prepped us for, you know, the day. Yeah. Those of us, younger ones, they would clean us and then send us to school. But they all took turns to cook. Uh-huh. Yes, they all took turns to cook on specific days. Sometimes they did it all, you know, together as one. Somebody who cooked the rice and somebody cooks the sauce. But it was a very, very cooperative setting. They were very united. Mm. Yes. So that's, that's how I called my dad. And up to, you know, his passing, I called him Papa, you know, and Sissi Marie, Sissi mm-hmm. Marie. And yeah. their names, you mentioned... Um, uh, my mom's episode. name was Marie Maidi Dambo before she got married. And became a symbol. Yes. Her middle name was really what she was known for when she was born because she was born 
on the 26th of December um, when the person she was living with, her uncle, got married the day she was she was born, the uncle was marrying ah. his, sec his first wife. Yes, Grandpa Dambo, Albert Dambo. So that's why they call her Maidi. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, my dad, he also comes from a large family. They were mostly four boys and three girls uh, from the southern part of Sierra Leone, from Kangang, Manjeu, actually, which is a subsection of Cory children, Tama children. Mm. So he grew up too in a large family. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, and where did your mom, was your mom the, I know that you said there was a main oh, in wife. In terms of position. Yeah. Where... Uh, my mom was a second wife, actually. Okay. Uh, my boy was the first wife. She brought my mom. <laughs> in fact, my mom was sent to her as a ward. That story to me is yes. so interesting. Yeah, my mom was a ward in the house and then eventually became the second, the second wife. Yeah. And then while she was the second wife, there was another woman uh, in the town that's close to where my dad was a catechist or, you know, teacher and catechist, mm. like a, you know, pastor. Uh, you know, you go to this town, got one lady there. That's how Auntie Nancy was born. Uh. Yes. And then, uh, so my mom was the second, and Tinasi's mom was the third on the side, and then uh, Brad John's mom was the fourth, yeah, and then there was Ye Lucy, and then Gosai. Mm. So, and then, uh, no, between Gosai and Ye Lucy, there was Auntie Adela, you know. The other moms, the other women that our dad married to, outside of those that were, that were in the, in the house, house, yeah, we didn't call them. Uh, we called them by the name of aunties. We okay. just said Auntie Adela, Auntie Mary, Auntie Regina. But you knew they were your, your dad well, had kids. Well, we them. only knew when we grew up. You know, uh, yeah, we didn't okay. know they were his. <laughs> uh, I didn't know until probably I was 18 or 19 years old that we, you know, we had this big brother. Oh, wow. Who was a professor at the university and would go there and then we got to introduce, be introduced to his mom. Yeah, she was not in the house. And then we had Auntie Adela. She worked at the post office. So we'll go to her as kids just to get lunch, 10 cents or something. Oh. But her son, uh, Jiva, we all played. In fact, Jiva went to the same elementary school as uh, Uncle Indoa. Yeah, so they were very close bodies. <laughs> yeah, they were very close bodies with Indoa. Mm. Yes. Wow. But so that's, you know, that's, that's the family. Family is not that one unit as an American will, or European mm -hmm. will think of it. Yeah, so uh, what, is, what is a family? Family what? is anyone close, closely connected to us. It could be neighbor, it could be from the same town, from the same work of my, as my dad or my mom, and just communal. Yeah. yeah, it was that unit that we recognize as family. So you will find out that we have a lot of people who call aunties yes. and uncles. <laughs> yeah. They, they have no relation to you. No but blood relation, but connection. Yeah. Connection. And we give them respect, full respect. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, so 
four wives, 27 kids later. Um, what I still is crazy to me that one man, one person can have (laughs) that many kids, um, and for all of you to live together as Mm. a unit. Mm. Um, one, how common was it for a Christian man to have multiple wives? And then how would you describe growing up in your house with all these brothers and sisters? It was, and it is still common Mm. for Christians in Sierra Leone to have multiple wives, particularly if they lived in the village setting. It's dying out in the cities, but it's still something that that people do, Mm -hmm. if you have the wherewithal. So the churches did not really make, the missionaries didn't make a big thing out of it. They would bar people from taking leadership in the church if they know that they have have multiple wives. wives. Although that was a wrong strategy because the man would just say, okay, I don't have them in the house, but I can have Sally here, I can have (laughs) Mary over there. So he has two houses, but he only has one wife in the house. So the missionaries did not succeed. <laughs> there was always a way around it. Yeah, there was always something. But anyway, so we, we grew up in that kind of setting. And when I was a boy from the age of maybe eight up to 24, when I left home, there were four of my dad's seven wives in total living in the same, under the same roof. And there were 17 to 18 of us living in the house. All at the same time. All at the same time. This includes my siblings, but also wards that were sent to come and live with us. So Mm. Auntie Susan was one. She came when she was just maybe six years old Mm -hmm. to live with us because her aunt was my dad's senior wife. Okay? And we had other men and women who would come, they would live for six months or one year, and then you know, they'll go back to go the back village to, yeah. or to their towns. But, so, uh, so what was it like? Could you describe growing up in that household? What was the structure like? In, what was the dynamic? Yes. Uh, growing up in that house, now when this was after maybe I was from 10 upwards, uh, at Summer Street in the west end of Freetown, mm-hmm. we had a four-bedroom house. It was a two-story building. Uh, partitioned. The top story was partitioned into two. Ours was uh, with four bedrooms. Mm-hmm. The other partition was four bedrooms. And we were four wives, a dad, so that's five, plus 18 of us, 23, living in that four bedroom. Mm-hmm. The boys, we would sleep on the mats in the living room. And the senior boys, uh, Brad Javest, Brad Billy, Patrick would sleep on one bed in one room. Our senior mom, Mama Boy, had a separate room for herself. Our dad had a separate room for himself. And the other wives, our mom, Mama Sally, and Mama Lucy, they had one room, and the girls all slept in that room room with them. And uh, our unique features in that home was one. Every morning, we woke up. Dad made sure we woke up by 5.30. That's why I don't use alarm. It's so, it's so embedded in it's you. It's embedded in my system now. I've never used Internal alarm. Internal alarm clock. Yes. Yeah. We wake up 5.30. We all sat in the living room on the floor. The senior 
moms and you know dads sat in the chair and we sang a hymn, read the scripture, used the uh, scripture union daily power, read the Bible, and then we prayed. Before anyone left the house to go to their chores, and those chores were all listed. Uh, our dad, somebody made a schedule, you know, either me or Mada or Brajabes or Brabili when we were growing up. They made a schedule and added it on the wall. So there's somebody who read the passage, there was those who led the singing, and then for feeding, mm-hmm. how do you feed all those mouths? Interestingly, we ate three meals every blessed day. That's amazing. In the morning, we all had one slice of bread with butter and a cup of coffee. Somebody will make that. This was all provided by our dad. Because he was the only one working. Yeah. Se. The other ladies, Mama Boy had a business, had yeah. a tie-dye business. But she didn't contribute to the house. Gosali had helped her with that, but she also had a little business on the side. She sold Gary and we, of course, we sold it, but she controlled <laughs> that. Yeah, Lucy had something else on the side, but they all chipped in to provide that breakfast, but the main food money was provided by dad. So we'll have a main meal later in the evening after we come from school, say 2 o'clock, 2.30, that same meal is what we'll have in the evening. Every one of us, all the kids, we had our little bowls. Mm-hmm. They put the rice and the sauce. One of the things we hated to have when they cooked was fufu. Because it did not, <laughs> you were not full. Fufu doesn't fool. You only had a little piece. So we always cherish when we had rice. Have it in your bowl, you go sit in your corner, you pray, you eat, you wash, you, you know, leave the dish. <laughs> for somebody to wash them. So we had three meals. Wow. Interestingly, I mean, this is one reason I had tremendous respect and appreciation for my dad. Mm, he provided. He ensured that we all had that. Your father knows yes. what, yeah, you what you need yeah. before you yeah. ask him. He made sure we did. So that's, bless his heart. Yeah. I mean, that's why when I started working, it was not any magic to pay him back. I mean, I made sure I did provide for him because I, I, it was just admiration for him to be able to do that in that time. Yeah. You know, yeah. in that time. I mean, and another thing, too, that you always mentioned and talked about, we'll go into, we'll talk about education in another episode, but there were some, your, your dad made sure that all of you guys went to school. All 27 of us. Like, yeah. that is... Yeah, we didn't have much. You, you went to school. I mean, school was not expensive in those days. Yeah. The government but provided, but he ensured mm-hmm. that we all stepped our feet at the door of a school. But uh, he was he was just a phenomenal man. He was man. magical. <laughs> yeah, he was just a phenomenal um, man. Yeah. And their names, you mentioned it in the beginning, like the first episode, but what were their names? Could you say it again? Uh, my dad's wife's. Your, no, your dad your uh, dad and your mom. Oh, uh, my dad's name was jo- uh, Joseph Benjamin Simbo, mm-hmm. but we called him Papa. Mm-hmm. My mom's name was Marie Maidi Dambo before she got married, and so she became Marie Maidi Simbo. And she was popularly known as Maidi. Mm-hmm. The only people who may call her Marie was if they came from her town where she grew up. And even at that, they would 
specify it, Mari Maldi, yeah, mm. because her older sister was also called Marie, <laughs> but she was called Marie Kumui, ah. yeah. Ah. So, and who did the discipline in the house? Uh, both of them, both of all them. of the all moms, of the, okay. all of the moms, except for Mama Boy, she because she did not have any kids, so she was, I don't know, for some reason was hesitant mm, to, to spank us, yeah. I mean, she will report us to our moms, and then they would do the spanking or whatever. Stand on the wall, raise your hand, or kneel down. They would do that. Our dad was mostly spanking. He would spank you with a belt. <laughs> yeah, that was his main way of spanking us for anything mischievous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was... You mentioned uh, in the first episode they were like non-negotiable in your house, and one of oh, them was, that's church was church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a rule: no church, no chop. <laughs> every Sunday we all went to church. Mm. We all went to church, and every Easter Passion Week, we fasted, quote unquote, because when we we're kids, we just obeyed. <laughs> <laughs> we Fasting just, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, we just you know. Went through the motions, <laughs> we will go in the morning, we pray, we drink our coffee, and then we go through the day, no food, in the house. But, but you know, <laughs> when you are out go, and about. When we go play football, you know, we ate something, you know. But that was the tradition. Yeah. All the 40 days in uh, Passion Week, we fasted. And then Sunday, Easter Sunday, we wore white to go to church. Yeah. And it was stew. The cook stew in the house on Easter day. Friday, we did not eat meat mm. because of the crucifixion. Wow. Yes. Wow. But we did have special meat, you know, even if it's one lump of meat on top <laughs> you of have your, a, you have your rice, you have meat. You have meat. Yes. Um, you had meat. Such a unique family, such yeah. a unique setup. Yeah. I mean, mm. I would imagine that a house full of that many people mm. would be chaotic, but it Seems no, like there was structure. It was not. There was a it was system. not. In fact, we were different. Mm. Uh, the people, the guy that lived in the second uh, partition of the one, the one-story building where we lived, he had three wives and younger kids, but they were very rambunctious. They were mm. quarrelsome. They would yell. They would curse. <laughs> I mean, it's just it was just chaotic in their house. I mean, there was no discipline. Mm. The women will abuse each other. They will fight. Yes. But for us, in our dad's house, it was uncommon for you to sit here and call across the room. You don't do that. You have to go. If you did, he's going to say, Daddy, 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 go meet the person. Let you talk to her. <laughs> or Mommy, Mommy. Even to his wives. <laughs> oh, yes. You never stood... You know, upstairs and call somebody down in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah, you didn't do that in J.B. Simbo's house. No way in hell. <laughs> yeah. Seems like J.B. Simbo was a very disciplined man. He was, yeah. he was. He that made sure, awesome. you know, we all were just put in place. Yeah. Yeah. And that sense of family, I think, carried on because as a kid, I didn't quite understand the extent of how large our family is. And I still am learning as mm -hmm. I get older. Um, but 
we were so close. Mm-hmm. I remember particularly having regular Sunday meetings at our house in Secular Road, mm-hmm. um, where my aunts, my uncles, and cousins would come together, and you guys would meet regularly. Yeah, I'm not sure what was discussed, what happened, but it was just a thing. Just to keep the connection. Yes, yes. Just to keep the and connection. how did you how did you manage to? I mean, it, it was probably passed down from your dad because you guys right. kept. But That's how right. how did you manage and continue to keep that? Yeah, bond? because it's a healthy thing. Yeah. You know, when I was in seminary, I, I, I was doing counseling as my major. I told my class professor one time, I said, nobody would hire me in Sierra Leone to do this. And he goes, why? I said, because in Sierra Leone, you don't live all to yourself in one house. <laughs> yeah. When you're sad in the morning, somebody sees your face, they will ask you. What's wrong? Yeah, what's wrong? Yeah. And you explain to them. You relieve that stress. But here, you got to go pay $60 to a counselor just to sit and listen to and you. And talk about your problems. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, this is very special. <laughs> so that's how significant those meetings were. Yeah. And that's how significant also the lot of people in the household. Mm-hmm. It helped. It had ease tension. Mm-hmm. It had ease stress. Yeah. You know, somebody notices immediately. When you are in a mood that is sad, yeah. they ask you, are you okay? Yeah. So you are able to relieve that stress. Yeah, and it yeah. just <clears throat> keeps, I mean, as big as our family was, I think I knew all my uncles. And I, I mean, when it gets to the cousins now, mm-hmm. you don't know many of them, but yeah. I knew yeah. all of my aunts and uncles and yeah. I knew a lot of my cousins and mm-hmm. we were all pretty close. Yeah. Um, we were close in age and we all grew up together. And one thing I remember, and you wrote in your book, is you said, Apart from our time in the dormitory at SLBC and living in Seville, yeah, Liberia, Liberia yeah. this was the first time that we lived all by ourselves. And you were talking about when we moved to America in 2002. Yeah. Uh-huh. This was the first time we lived by ourselves as a family with no immediate family member yeah. or familiar friend who spoke any of our language. Yeah. I mean, we grew up in a three-bedroom house in Sac- from Wellington. Let me yeah. see. From yeah. Wellington to Secular Road. It was yeah. three-bedroom. All, of us. Yeah, all the boys in one room, <laughs> all the girls in one room, and then parents had their own room. And it was, it was, it didn't seem strange at all. I didn't, I joke with my friends in college mm-hmm. and now that I never had my own room until I went to college. Mm-hmm. And even then I had roommates. Yeah. But I, yeah, I never had my own room until I moved yeah. out and like actually got my own place. So yeah. it was. I, I don't know. It just is is wild because you're not in America. You I mean, first of all, that I was thinking when you were talking about all of you, seventeen or twenty something of you live in a house. That's a that's a health hazard. Yeah. In America or no, in the yeah, best no, world, they no, would no, say that's yeah, that's, that's not, health hazard. You can't yeah, have that yeah. happening. And, and that's that also strengthened the closeness. Mm-hmm. We all knew each other. Yeah. We yeah. all connected to each other, even though we had separate moms and our moms. You know, there were some little jealousies, some little, you know, naturally, you know, partiality. Yeah. But we all saw ourselves as brothers yeah. and sisters. Yeah. And our dad, as a, a very meticulous man, he had all the days we were born, all our birthdays, and everybody knew. So I know I have a record of all my siblings, all 27, the day they were born, the month they were born. In the bad days. Yeah. So I, you know, I am able to call them when I, them. they were all alive, call them and wish them happy birthday and, right. and all of that. <laughs> all because our dad, yeah. 
yeah. made sure we stayed connected. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, I, like I said, I, it wasn't until I started getting older and realizing who, who, who belonged to what mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. oh, so that yeah. one had, your, your mom specifically had 10 kids. Yeah. Um, and the other moms had their... Five or six. Yeah. yeah. But I, it wasn't until I started getting older and started putting... Because it was everyone grew together. Everyone, yeah. You, you're like that's my brother. That's you yes, never said sister. stepsister or no, stepbrother. No, that word is not in Mende vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so another from your book. Um, so for everyone listening, my dad has written this phenomenal memoir about the story of his life, and the podcast is based on the book. Um, and every so often, I'll re- I'll reference the book, but there's one particular section where. You started your own family and you mm. became a dad. Mm. And you wrote, it was during my time at the hospital that my first daughter, Justina, was born on March um, 22nd, 1982. Mm-hmm. I have thought of selected and listed four names for boys and four names for girls by which my children will be called. I had hoped that the Lord will bless me with four kids. Each of their names will begin with J. Mm. If I had a boy, his name will be Joseph, after my dad. My two senior brothers, Billy and Jabez, named their kids in a um, symmetric order. All of Billy's begin with A, while Jabez start with the first four letters of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. So you say your dad is meticulous and he had order, but I think that also got passed down (laughs) to you guys. Um, So, I mean, you became a father. And I was thinking about it the other day. And you must have been around 26, 27 years old Mm -hmm. when you had Justina. Yeah. Four kids later, mm-hmm. you had a family of your own. Mm-hmm. I would say that you're a total family man. Um, and indeed, the Lord did bless you with four girls, mm-hmm. four kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've known you as a daddy for 34 years. And in all those years, I've watched you put God first and done everything you can for your family. Mm-hmm. As a unit, we have been through a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. you're the ultimate girl dad and now the greatest bampa, mm-hmm. which you mentioned is your favorite title thus far. Yeah. But what was it like starting your own family, becoming a father to girls and now a grandfather to boys? Well, I go back to my dad. I wanted to make sure I didn't have more than four <laughs> kids because I wanted to make sure I catered for my kids. So four was okay for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, secondly, I also made sure I would never let my kids go hungry. Mm. I will not send them to go live with somebody else. That's one of the negative things I did not want to carry. Because Mm. as a two-year-old, I was sent to go live with my aunt. Not my choice. No consultation. And then when I was seven, I was sent to go live with my uncle. Mm -hmm. So I... I stayed in three different places, and all of those had effect on my life. Yeah, the one with my uncle was the most severe, you know, negative impact on my life. But I, I made up my mind. I'm going to have a small family. I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm not going to send them to leave. They can go on holidays to go, you know, two weeks, three weeks, but not to go have live with someone else to instill their life in them. Yeah. I want to make sure they live under my roof, they learn from my example, and grow up, and then build their own families. So, you know, that's, that's how I planned. And out of my experience with my dad, I didn't want to have any more than, you know, four kids. <laughs> yeah. 
anymore. He wanted to be able to take care and provide. Yeah, for, take care. Yeah. I mean, he was able to provide for us. He mm-hmm. does eat and send us to school, but we managed to buy our own clothes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we managed to, if you wanted to wear new shoes, it was on you, you or your to. elder brother <laughs> or your mom's. I didn't want that for my children. Yeah. I and you wanted, talked about passing yeah. things down a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Hand-me-downs. Yeah. Like. yeah. We, you, you are having 27 children. <laughs> you know, you can't get them new clothes. New clothes every, every time. Nope. So Here we all go. live by hand-me-down. Uh-huh. You know, somebody got older or bigger in size, they keep that. Our moms wash that, put it somewhere. Yeah. You know, when you're born, you grow to that age, you wear that. You. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I did not wear sneakers, my own sneakers, until I was went, going to Form 1 in 1969 wow. to secondary school. That's when I bought my own sneakers. That were yours. Yes. I sold. Well, before that, I, was, I had gone barefoot to school. Yeah. I wow. bought. And out of uh, selling newspaper in Freetown, that's how I got money to buy my sneakers underwear, toothpaste, and toothbrush to go to the boarding home mm-hmm. in Tama. So, you know, so providing for my family is something I learned from my dad. Not having my children go stay with somebody else is something I did not want to, you know, learn from my dad yeah. and my parents, you know, because I think he was not healthy. The, the life we lived under the roof of our dad was much more peaceful mm-hmm. and, and structured. When I went to live with my aunt in Jama, I spent most of the time with my grandma, my yeah. mom's mom. And there were like seven other kids from different, from different families, families yeah. living with my aunt. So I was in the mix of all these other people. There was no structure. There was no prayer life. There was nothing. Yeah, we just walked and ate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my sisters and I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. For, yeah. <laughs> we are grateful yeah. that we got to grow up together yeah. with our parents yeah. in a unit. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like becoming a dad? Like, I don't have any kids right now, um, yeah. but I can imagine the excitement, the nervousness, the fear. Yeah. And you had all girls. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's the other thing. You know, in Sierra Leone, most families will want boys. Mm-hmm. They will mm-hmm. want you to have, when you get married, you have a child, they want born. Pass on the name. Yeah, pass on the name. <laughs> but I did not care. I considered each one of you as a gift from God, yeah. and I wanted to make sure you live the life God wants you to live. So I was proud to have my first daughter, Justina. Mm-hmm. Very proud. Yeah. I mean, I I think I petted her more than... <laughs> the rest of you, because uh, she was very tiny. I mean, I, will, I, I slept by her, and you know, she slept by us, uh, and each one of you did. You know, all of you slept in a bed with us growing up, yeah, yeah as babies. In Sierra Leone, you did have your own baby cots or something, but uh, I felt very proud. I felt very happy yeah. to have my own, and as God will have it, Justina had a lot of traits, that were similar to similar you. to me, yeah, same blood type <laughs> and hair. There yeah. was something in the book where I read yeah. that you had lots of hair when yeah. you were born. When I was growing up as yeah. a kid, my in fact my aunt would say she would braid my hair and put me down in the veranda, and people would give money thinking I'm a woman, <laughs> I'm a girl. 
they will give money to say, oh, we grow up, I go marry them. Oh, yes, that wow. is a common thing in, in Sierra Leone. <laughs> so, yeah, I had lots of hair when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. You know? <laughs> <I> <laughs> mean, age, yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so and Justina came up with that. You yeah. Know, came, came out with a lot of hair. Yep. And yeah. then you had, I mean, what, what was J? Why J? Why the letter? Well, because I wanted... If I had a son, I want oh, Joseph. Joseph, got yeah, it. Got I want it. Joseph. I wanted my one of my sons to be called Joseph. Okay. Because none of my elder brothers before me had Joseph name for yeah. their sons. And they had boys. They had boys, yeah. yeah. Bradley Lee had one boy. Rajabes had five boys. Yeah. And they didn't name them Joseph. <laughs> so I was going to say no. I, I like, well, that. shout out to my sisters, yeah. Justina, Janet, yeah, Jenna, Jenna, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm Juliet, yeah. but yeah, I like, I like. And then one thing you also did is our initials are the same, JMS, yeah. JMS, yeah. JMS. So. Well, because, uh, you know, I wanted Marie name in one of your ah. names. Yeah. So okay. Justina, her M is named after her mom's grandma's name. Okay. Janet is named after mom's. Yeah. And you, uh, Mami. Mami is named after my sister-in-law, yeah. Uncle Billy's wife. Jenaba is the only one. Jenaba is the one with A. A, yeah. because of the lady, the nursing sister that helped her when she was a baby. Uh, yes, when we were taking her to go do her TB treatment. Nine. This lady said, please, please, if name you're going to name, ah. give her a middle name, give her, I said, we said, okay. Yeah, so, I think that's unique. I mean, yeah. for you, your brothers, I, I think it's unique, Uncle, Uncle Billy and his kids, how he named them, Uncle A, Jebus, yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I learned that as I got older, like, ah, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, and now you're a grandpa, grandpa. to four oh, boys. That's, that's the best. That's the best. I like daddy. I like, you know, yeah, papa, well, but grandpa is the what best. What has that transition? You grew up with raising girls and yeah. now we raising have boys, boys as grandkids. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. What? It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, just to see that. These are offspring of your own offspring. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it makes life has much more meaning. Mm. At least I will grow up and I will die and say, I'm happy okay. I saw my grandkids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to put as much into them as I'm able to, as God gives me It is. Life. It's a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you've talked about kind of moving around as a kid, mm. lived with different relatives, and you've come a long way from home, I'd say. Um, and you're, you started your book saying, I am writing this at the age of 66 at the time, living in Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. as I have journeyed through life over five continents, mm-hmm. Africa, Asia, Europe, North America, and Oceania. Mm-hmm. I am grateful to God for bringing me from the dusty, muddy streets of Jama, mm-hmm. my boyhood hometown, to the paved streets of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you got older into ministry, you have traveled quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You've traveled around the country for work. Mm-hmm. And um, as around you mentioned, the world. around the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2002, you made the biggest transition mm-hmm. when you relocated with your family of six mm-hmm. from Sierra Leone to Denver, Colorado. Oh, yeah. That was a big <laughs> move. What was that transition like? Yeah, I mean, was... I know from a kid, I was... 13, 14 at the time. So from a kid perspective, I know what that transition was like for me. But yeah. from a breadwinner of your house mm. and the head of your house, what was that transition like to 
move your whole family to uh, this new place? Yeah, it was very huge. Mm. It was not something I made uh, lightly. In fact, if you ask Auntie Fran, the mm. missionary lady who was instrumental, I told her at our first meeting to discuss this, I said, I would rather go to Kenya mm -hmm, mm -hmm. than come to America. I said, because one, uh, my family has never moved out of Sierra Leone. We have gone to Liberia, but yeah. I wanted us to live in the community where it was so easy for us to identify. But secondly, uh, from Sierra Leone to America, getting visa was not easy for one person. Yeah. And I was thinking six of us, but it was a little lack of faith on my part, but it was real to say, hey, this is something very hard. Yeah. But God was working in it all. And when it happened, I mean, it was just beyond my imagination. Mm. And uh, to make that move from Freetown to Colorado was pretty much uh, surprising, but also very fulfilling. Fulfilling in the sense that it gave us as a family to mm -hmm. live together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gave us as a family to have opportunities to develop, especially for you, the kids. Yeah. You can go to school where you have all your school materials provided. Yeah. In Sierra Leone, we will pay for this, we we'll pay for that, but you went to the actual school, not all the materials were provided for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here in America, you are able to go to school and learn, and the resources were available. You can go to a library and open a book that you want to read. Yeah. In Sierra Leone, not many schools you went to had libraries. You know, even the, the only library in Freetown, the capital city, I don't think you guys ever went there. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the resources were not there. Yeah. So that was huge, and I'm grateful to God that He made that provision to so Mission Hills. And, and all the people that, you know, God used to make that possible. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. again, like I said in the book, it was the first time we lived all by ourselves. Yep. You know, we woke up and we didn't see any auntie or uncle or cousin. <laughs> it <laughs> was strange. Yeah, was very strange. Very, very strange. And of course, it was hard on your mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we was, it was just, a, the culture was very yeah, different. Oh, very we different. grew up not only in a house where we had all these different people, yeah. but our community, we were yeah. basically family yeah. with yeah. everyone within the everyone street. Everyone had respect and knew who your dad yeah, was. Yeah, everybody you know, knew. You cross the street and saw Pastor Simba in yep, the yeah, yep. And right. then you come to this place where it's yeah, an apartment and you guys are just in the house. Yeah. Neighbors don't talk to each no, other. No. We maybe wave and that's it. But yeah. it was, it was, it was definitely... Yeah. Something of it was getting, a huge change. It was, it was yeah for it was everyone. A huge change for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so grateful to God. I think you mentioned um, it was a lack of faith on your end. But I think you were just taking the reality of the matter at yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, and I think even when we went to go get the visa, I remember I read it in your book, but I also remember us talking about it. We talk yeah. about how shocked everyone was. Yeah. That yeah. All of us got visa. Yeah. And all of us like. It, it seemed like such a seamless process. Yeah. That... Yeah. Well, it didn't even ask you guys questions. No. It was just it was, me. <laughs> you know, just two like questions. Like, here, yeah, here we are all yeah. thinking we're about to go in and yeah. get scrutinized yeah. and yeah. 
And yeah. it was just, you came out and, and you're like, we got Geneva it. adopted. Yeah, they didn't say, they where's didn't... our birth certificate and all of that. Nothing. So we're grateful to God. Yeah. We're grateful to yeah. God. He was working it all, you know, for us. Your father yeah. knows yes. what yes. you need yes. before you ask him. And yes. it's, 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 and I'm, I think all of that going through that with, you guys and having that transition for me, I consider that the biggest transition in my life. And I think mm, mm. if I can do that, I can do anything. Like if I can move <laughs> from that, to, I mean anything. Yeah. I, what it's it's yeah. okay. So, but um, it made us, as you mentioned, it made us as a family stronger. It mm-hmm. made us uh, like mm-hmm. learned about each other. It made mm-hmm. us kind of, it, and it gave us new opportunities. And yeah. For all of us, I mean, yeah. you were coming to get an opportunity to go to school and mm-hmm. um, expand your knowledge in ministry. Yeah. But it also opened doors for all of us. We yeah. learned different things. We got a chance to yeah. be and live yeah. kind of freely. So well, it made me work harder too. When we mm-hmm. came, I was the only one that yes. had, you know, the scholarship. And so I had three jobs. Yeah. I worked in the library. I worked as security in the school, yeah. and I worked as a snow plower. Yeah, so also, I could make you guys have a better life. In Sierra Leone, I only had one job, eight to five, went to work, mm-hmm. had a vehicle on my own, <laughs> had people to do things for me, but I, I was pleased that yeah. the Lord made the ability and the strength to help us live and survive those hard times. You know, I remember one time I was plowing snow, uh, one winter, and I just dropped the shovel and began to cry mm. to say, here is this Sierra <laughs> Leonean who has never seen snow. Uh, I'm not just seeing it, I'm plowing, plowing it. it. I'm yeah. shoveling it. I oh. said, oh, no, this is, this is how. Snow was a reality. Yeah. That yeah. was a reality yeah. check but, for uh, sure. For but sure. It, was, it was worth it. It was. It was. It was. It. Yeah, it was. And thanks it. to God for mm-hmm. just bringing us. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing we never really talked about is what was it like for you leaving behind your this larger family? Yeah. This your I mean everything you were you were an adult. As for me, I like I was a kid, yeah, so it was easy to transition and yeah. forget yeah. not forget, but it was yeah. easy to kind of move on into and adapt into this new culture. But you were you were yeah. set and we you were, were set in our way. Yeah, you <laughs> and just to get uprooted and come over, it, it was not easy. Yeah, it was not easy. And uh, for all of you, because this was your first time coming out of Sierra Leone. Yeah. You yeah. know. I mean, we went for to me, Guinea. For me, I've been to other Western world before yeah, we left in 2002. But uh, it was not easy. Yeah. It was not easy. But huh. I'm glad that we all had the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And thank God for the men and women of Mission Hills. Thank God. Thank mm-hmm. God. What, mm-hmm. So how did you stay in contact with, I mean, because we, we still... Oh, with family? family. Ah, well, we called. We we had, we called Sierra Leone regularly. And then, of course, I went two times before graduation. Mm -hmm. I returned to Sierra Leone. And we stayed connected. I'm still connected with uh, family. And when we called, Grandma, you know, (laughs) put a phone on speaker, and she would speak to you guys. And we would speak to her. Yeah. You know, although she was getting very much old in age and her hearing was something. <laughs> she repeated so her name. She would so repeat her name quite <laughs> often during the phone call. But, you know, we kept connected. Yeah. We kept connected. Yeah. We never forgot our roots. Yes. We never yes. forgot our roots. And I think the blessing in all of that, too, is like God puts you in a position to be able to even support and help mm, more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and yeah. that's just I mean God works in ways that yeah. we can't even imagine yeah. and sometimes yeah. what you think is okay this is going to be bad or this might not be as good it might be the next window or your next opportunity yeah. to yeah, and he did he yeah, did provide absolutely. I mean the three years in seminary we were able to send three containers mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. gift items to pastors mm-hmm. in Sierra Leone of course with family saying all provided and sponsored uh, for by the church, yeah. you know, and not many people come to America think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. come, you get your degree, and you go back. And you forget but, about, what, or you forget about. Yeah, no, what's we did there. not. Yeah. We did not because I say I said to EFSA where I worked, I said I lived up country. I pastored two churches. I know how difficult it is for pastors for furniture mm-hmm. in the provincial parsonages. So the first container we sent had furniture. The next one we sent had bed sheets, yeah. beddings, utensils, clothes, shoes, books. All I say, give them, send them down to the pastors in the provincial towns. Mm-hmm. Make them have a little bit of relief from worrying yeah. about, oh, where will you get this? Where will you get that? Yeah. So you know, that's... God, sometimes God puts us in position mm-hmm. so we can help other people mm-hmm. and become mm-hmm. this, yeah. this vehicle that you talk yeah. about yeah. Um, to be able to bring about the change and to be able to touch lives the way he wants us and to. And we, so, yeah. we did. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. But so that, I mean, it's such, I've talked about it a bit as we've talked today, but it's such a blessing and honor to be doing this with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be having this conversation we're having now. Not everyone, for their, for whatever reason, either mm. their parents have passed or they don't have a relationship with them, gets the opportunity to talk to their parents in the way that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before we, we close this portion, I wanted to highlight mm. one of the great things that my dad instilled in me that I made sure I passed on to you guys is faith. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad, having all of us, and making us have food on the table yeah. every day was something that he trusted God for. And for me, if there's anything, if there's nothing I have given to you guys, I hope I have given you the ability to trust God yes. for your own lives. Yes. You know, faith is important. I, I learned this from my dad and my parents. And I wanted to make sure my children know that. Don't just look in the sky for manna to drop. Trust God, but work hard. Yeah. And he will make a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I have that question on here too, because as a family, we've always been full of love. And my family is my source of support. Um, and we have been through all kinds of things, from health issues to civil war to divorce to death mm-hmm. to... You name it, it's, mm-hmm. we've experienced it. And it hasn't been easy, um, but God has been so gracious in his provision, mm-hmm. in sustaining mm-hmm. us to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and faith is definitely like one value that I've seen passed down through the generations. Yeah. But are there any other things that you would like? I mean, I know the discipline. I know there's lots that we've talked about, the structure. Mm-hmm. I remember you talk about you and your family would sit down and do devotion. We did that as well. Yeah. We've done that. And yeah. every morning we would sit down, read the daily guide, and you had prayers similar to your dad for mm-hmm. every day of the week for what mm-hmm. we were praying for. Mm-hmm. But um, And I'm grateful for having faith passed down because I've seen it worked miracles in our lives. I mean, 
us moving from Sierra Leone to America was only God. It couldn't yeah. have been anything else but God. So mm -hmm. um, what other family values or what other traditions would you... Well, support. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say my family is out there in McKinney, but it's one thing to keep connected yeah. and also support them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that I also learned from my dad. Yeah. You know, that you're not just talking about family in name only, but when they have need, you are there to help them yeah. as much as you are able to. And again, another, that's another thing I hope that you guys learn mm -hmm. from me, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, you, you don't have the world's riches. But if God bless you with a loaf of bread, Make you sure. have the opportunity to share half of it to somebody. Yeah. You know, make somebody else share in that loaf. Mm -hmm. because you don't know where they are in their own struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's, that's a great value. That is. Thank and my you. dad was extraordinary in that regard. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, and your mom too, like, and yeah. service. Oh, yeah. Another oh, thing yeah. is my, service. My mom, I, my mom is... <laughs> Auntie Josephine yeah. and I joke around. She's yeah. called, like, the children's mom. Yeah. I know grandma was called the children's yeah. mom. Yeah. Yeah. I love kids and I yeah. love working with kids and yeah. I'm like so I've seen that also passed down just yeah. the spirit service. of service. It comes back to our first yeah. you know episode service yeah. service. service live your life to serve others. Yeah, you know yeah. the English word says no man is an island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, we live in this world to make other people share. Yeah. In whatever God has blessed us. There's a I think South African saying that says it's on butu is a word and mm -hmm. it means my my humanity depends on yours. Yeah. I am because, because of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so but thank you. I mean as a society I think we've gotten better in having like intergenerational dialogues, mm -hmm. not only to learn about ourselves, but to also get inside of our past because mm -hmm. it's very important to know yeah. where you're from, who you're from, the people that make up the family that you're in. So I want to thank you again for agreeing to do this with me. Um, you mentioned in the first episode about your name. You wish you would have asked your parents about it. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other questions or conversations you wish you would have had with your parents? Well, I was just saying before we started this episode, my mom, her name is Marie, uh -huh. and her older sister's name is Marie. Oh, yeah. They're both named Marie. Yeah. I was wondering <laughs> who in their family had that name. But again, they're all gone. They're all gone. You I'll can't. have to write it somewhere when I get to When you get, yeah. yeah. You get, we'll send this recording yeah. to them. We'll make sure that you take it up with you. Yeah, but you, you know, go. that's, that's, that's uh, just one of the things, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure there's many conversations. Now that, I mean, as you get older, um, you, you learn more about yourself. You learn mm -hmm. more about the things yeah, and you wonder, yeah. like, hmm, why did we do this? Oh, yeah. how, why come did we do this? So, yeah. so thank mm -hmm. you, thank you, thank you You're for welcome. everything. Thank you for being the best thank dad you. that thank anyone you. could ask for. Thank, thank you. you for mm -hmm. raising us in a family that is filled with love, that is filled with support. Yeah. But most importantly, that is taught about God and God's mm -hmm. love and God, um, mm -hmm. our Father, and trust in Him mm -hmm. and relying on Him. So yes. we're going to end with rapid questions. Um, these right. are questions <laughs> that are supposed to be fast, quick. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Um, so we'll go. Um, I will. You. I would describe my childhood as... Finish the sentence. Uh, obedient. <laughs> yeah, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> were you closer to your mom or your dad or both? Uh, both of them. Okay. Favorite childhood memory or tradition? 
Uh, playing ball. Playing ball. Okay. Yeah, playing football. Who is the oldest family member you remember? My mom's mom. Mm. Mm -hmm. And your favorite thing to do with your family? Uh, eat together. Eat together. Mm -hmm. Best place you've lived? Njama. Three words that best describe your family or our family? Uh, united, understanding, mm -hmm. and supportive. Finish the sentence. Today I am grateful for? My family. Mm, thank you. Mm -hmm. And then last words of wisdom about family. You may not have all the riches in the world, but if we have a family, hold them tight to you. Mm -hmm. Because everything else will fail, your family will still be there. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you can join us again. Until next time, this is Sundays with Sundima. Thank you.